0: This podcast episode contains strong language and adult content. It may not be suitable for young listeners or really anyone. Please use your judgment. I'm Ken Mickles, and I'm the counselor.
1: I'm Iggy Samonego, and I'm the former criminal turned comedian.
0: And we'd like to welcome you to our podcast. On today's episode, Iggy and I share stories about burglary, some from real life and some from his criminal life.
1: And I also learned a few interesting historical law tidbits.
0: So we hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it. The following is a true crime story. Names have been changed to protect those involved. My fantasy world slapped me in the face with its wet hands. That's how Scott on WeAreNotAVictim.org describes the moment he realized the safe Dillick life his family lived was not impermeable. Rewind to a few days earlier. Scott was at home one afternoon when he heard an insistent knocking at his door. It lasted about five minutes and Scott didn't answer. He then saw a man walk down their alley, examining the garage and gate. Scott followed and when the man saw him, he left the alley. Though it left him unsettled, Scott took no further action at that time. A few days later, Scott and his wife left the house in the evening to run a one-hour errand. When they returned, they found the glass on the front door broken. When they explored the house, their belongings were everywhere and another door had apparently been kicked in. That's when Scott knew they had been the victims of burglary. Welcome to The Counselor and the Con, a true crime comedy podcast that goes off the record to bring together a former criminal turned comedian and a current lawyer turned crime enthusiast to dip into stories from the world of crime and punishment. Oh, and it turns out we're friends.
1: Wait, wait, we're homies.
0: Wait, there's a difference?
1: There's a big difference. (laughs)
0: What's the difference?
1: Look like if you need to be bailed out, a friend's not going to go, but a homie will be right there with a bail money exact change.
0: Hopefully I don't ever need that service, but it's good to know I have a homie if I do. I'm counselor at law, Cam Nichols.
1: And I'm former criminal turned comedian, Iggy Samaneu.
0: I'm still a practicing lawyer, but Iggy is not still a practicing criminal. Nonetheless, uh, he has some valuable stories to share with us and hopefully I'll have some interesting tidbits to throw in as well. On our show, I'm going to give Iggy a topic having to do with various criminal exploits, and he's going to share stories from his own past and those of others he knows. So today, we're going to be discussing burglary, like the one that Scott and his family experienced. Iggy, do you have any uh, burglary experience?
1: That depends uh, how much time we got.
0: As long as these people will listen to us.
1: How long, how long is this podcast? Yeah, I got a few stories because, look, I, I was a criminal, but burglary was kind of my strong suit it was your area of, uh,
0: of expertise.
1: There you go. Yeah. So yeah, I have a, I have a few. Um, uh, One I would uh, like to open up with is um, because I, I, when we first came up with the idea for this podcast and uh, we went, let's mesh true crime and comedy and let's see what happens. Someone told me, they go, how, how are you going to make burglary or crime funny? It's not that it's funny, the act of it, but there's funny shit in there. Look, I had this friend that hit me up one time and um, uh, he says, hey, man, you want to go? help me with this job break into his house and i go sure he gave me some of the details but when he got to this point this is the kicker he goes we're gonna steal a gun from a blind guy wow that's what i said like what how what all right and uh this guy was uh, let me just preface by saying this dude was if you know white dudes that grew up in the hood with mexicans they're the craziest ones man they they, I, i guess they feel like they gotta overcompensate i don't know Ladies, this is a great dating tip. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a bad-looking dude. So yeah, you're right. But uh Jace, oh, you know what? I shouldn't have said his name. Casper. We'll go with Casper. Casper hits me up and he tells me this. And this dude was crazy. So when he told me this, I thought he was fucking with me. I go, all right, that's funny. But not really. What's the job? He goes, that's it. He explained to me that it was like some sort of antique gun. I don't know. Just this gun had special meaning to someone and we needed to steal from this guy. And so we, we go to the to the the house that we're going to break into and uh my my homie casper's and grab type of crazy dude and i go hey man hold on this is not how i operate like let's just scope out the joint first see what's going on
0: you wanted to case it just like the person in my story
1: yeah exactly <laughs> this is the, when when people hear about these stories whatever i hope that they get something from this as like a, like an oh shit moment where they go oh that's right i didn't think of that because in my eyes we go, we're going to notice a pattern in this dude's life and his behavior, whatever. So either he comes out and he has a seen eye dog. And I've seen these type of blind people before where they they count steps so they could walk on their own and around the neighborhood and come back. This blind dude was one of them. So when he walks out with his seen eye dog, you see him counting steps, goes a few blocks, turns right, another right. And we timed him. When he came back, it was about 30 minutes. So I tell Casper, let's come back tomorrow, same time. If this dude goes on a walk like that, then we're, we are we would have to do a smash and grab.
0: Right, you can just steal from a dog. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well the dog can't testify in court so yeah so we, we we do that we come back the the following day same time sure enough the black man comes out he goes for his walk and uh, by the way I'm, I'm laughing this is not funny shit to me but what's funny is um we, we break in through this is the oh shit moment for people because when you go jogging when you go walking walking around your block do you lock your front door well, now not. i do <laughs> now thank you that's the reaction i wanted to get and from for the listeners too that they go oh shit i didn't think of that because we didn't go break a window we didn't go k- kick a door all i did was turn the knob and it was unlocked because no one wants to carry the key while they go walking you know so we we go in and um again this guy's a crazy crazier dude than i was at the time i was more calm but casper we find the gun and he wants to get greedy he wants to get more shit now he's getting vcrs and uh for you youngsters i don't know that's like like old school dvds
0: I think DVDs are also old school now.
1: Oh, shit. So <laughs> it's like old school Netflix. But uh, so we get there. This guy starts getting greedy. And now, now I'm looking at him. I'm looking at the watch. I'm looking at the door. And I'm like, shit, yo, man, we should leave. Even though we still have about 15 more minutes, we should leave. He does not he starts getting more stuff. And then I see the door handle, the doorknob jiggle.
0: So pause, because what you've described so far, when the crime of burglary first came around, wouldn't have even constituted a crime, or at least it wouldn't have constituted the crime of burglary. It might be trespassing, but it wasn't burglary, because in order to be burglary, it had to happen at night, and there had to be someone home. So uh, you would still have qualified under the, the criteria of breaking into a place where someone lives, and you intended to steal something, obviously, even though it was an antique pistol or whatever. But uh, the rest of it would have kept you out of serious trouble, maybe. So
1: it would have been a misdemeanor. Right on. <laughs> Potentially. I was born in the wrong era. <laughs>
0: we should have put you back in the 1500s. <laughs> uh,
1: that's a cool little uh, legal history tidbit. I like that. And so now that I see the door jiggle and I motion to casper like yo uh, this cat's coming stop because he's blind if we just stop he won't see us shit we panicked too but just froze up against the wall and when when the man walks in i don't know if he knew we were there because of the significance of the gun and who wanted it who hired us to get that gun but i knew i know he knew we were there because he walks into his own house and he stops for a split second and he's blind so he just stops and he's just looking facing forward but he stops and they go shit he knows we're here maybe he smelled us i don't know but i Dude, that- I know he knew we were there and he walks directly in front of us and his um see eye dogs like the nicest dog i felt so bad he's like licking us, like hey my move like
0: again you're stealing from the dog oh shit!
1: yes yes that's right and he, he, the, then the man walks by and i could see it to his what i found out it was his bedroom because he lays down on the bed just face up doesn't say nothing Almost like he's waiting for something, you know? We he had the gun. So when he does that, he lays down. We just tippy-toe out the front door, get in the car, and we take off.
0: See, to me, that's the part that makes burglary so terrifying because I can imagine being there in my bedroom, laying there, well, let's face it, probably naked, when someone comes into my home, and then what do you do? Maybe you freeze. Maybe you freak. I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the blind guy wasn't as good-looking as you, but... Which, if you think about it, is creepy because, I mean, even if, even though I'm pretty sure he knew we were there, let's say he didn't. So now there's two guys, and, and I'm calm. I'm, I wasn't the smash and grab, but Jace, if I would not have been there with Jace, Jace probably would have choked this dude out or, or attacked him in some sort of way. That's creepy. So what did you do? We left. That's We just <laughs> took off, and I'm sure he would not have done that if I wouldn't have been there. You know, so it could have been way worse. And
0: Yeah, that... I mean, that does sound like it had the potential to go really badly. And uh, let's let's face it, had you further committed crimes while on the property, such as assaulting this poor blind man or his dog, uh, that would have upped the ante quite a bit, especially if you were to be caught. Were you ever caught for that one?
1: Not for that one, no. I was only caught one time and charged one time, but the, the, the other story is kind of a... a lead up to that because i had a code a a rule a a list of rules that i would follow when i would go do this like
0: so is this like the honor among thieves type list
1: no no just my my personal like let me not do this like look like this other story i i broke two of my rules
0: what rules did you break
1: all right so the first one i broke besides
0: the crimes themselves let's say that those are rules
1: besides the main one i what i did I, i double dipped i Broken once and then went back again the same night. I, I double dip. That's rule number one. Don't do that. Um, and for this this story, I didn't get caught for that one either. But I did double-dip. And when um, it was my homie Devil that hit me up with his job, he goes, hey, man, I got this drug dealer that I buy from. I know they got a quarter pound in that house. And I know they're not there for about three days. What I should have done was scoped it out first. But I didn't. I just took his word on it.
0: So wait, a quarter pound of what?
1: Of uh, grass. I'll call it grass.
0: I think everyone listening will know what you mean.
1: <laughs> People in their 60s are like, I get it. Youngster's like, what is that, man? What? Yo, so we broke into a Plugs house and we stole some fire. Anyway, this, this is the, the fucked up part about this story because uh, with all my breaking stories, I feel bad. Uh, I feel embarrassed of what I did. And maybe this, like tell my stories now, is like a way to atone for them. I don't know. But this one was especially bad because it was around Christmas time.
0: Oh, man. First the dog and now Christmas. I
1: know I was a piece of shit. I know <laughs> what emphasis on the was. And uh, so my friend tells me, my homie Devil tells me there's a quarter pound in there. They're not gonna be there for three days, whatever. So I go in. I searched everywhere and I couldn't find nothing drug wise. I found other stuff. Like this is why I say I, I felt like a piece of shit because I stole. I couldn't find the weed and I stole gifts, Christmas gifts off, under the Christmas tree. I literally took them, put them in a sack, like a reverse Santa Claus. You're the
0: Grinch. <laughs> You're the actual Grinch.
1: Was. And then uh, so I, I did that. I said, "Man, I'm not gonna leave you here empty-handed." So I put some toys in a, in and um, gifts in a. What's it called? A pillowcase. Took off
0: aka ghetto santa sack
1: yeah they go reverse santa man and i go gonna hit up my my homie Dave because we're neighbors we're like right across the street He goes hey man so did you get this shit i go but i couldn't find nothing he goes bullshit there's a quarter pound there i know there is this is why i fucked up and i double dip i went well oh, i do want the weed too so i went back and this time i found it under the uh, entertainment center and, and
0: they and they say christmas can't come twice <laughs>
1: and i also found a, a, a like a giant ashtray full of roaches like half smoked joints i took that too anyways that's not that's just at the point but yeah I, I took it and it was funny you said earlier about underman thieves there was a quarter pound in there when i went back and reported to devil it was less than a quarter pound and he goes i know it's a quarter pound but where's the rest i go no this i swear this, all i found was this two little baggies but it karma came back and it I mean, they asked because so I stole the weed and I gave devil his cut for the, his finder's fee.
0: Wait, literally the devil's cut.
1: The devil's cut.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so cliche.
1: And actually, his name was uh his nickname was Diablo, but I'll say devil for the white folk out there.
0: Um, thanks.
1: So I, I give devil his cut and I take mine back home. This I don't I don't say what age I was, but I was living with my parents. Anyways, had the weed there, went to sleep because it's already late at night. So I wake up in the morning, going to go get the weed to to roll a joint, and it was gone. My brother, my brother's in the top bunk bed. My twin brother, Lazy, shout out to Lazy, was in the top bunk bed. I go, hey, man, that's messed up. You're going to steal from your own family? He's like, what do you mean steal? I go, the weed, bro, you stole my quarter pound. He goes, no, I didn't steal it. And at that point, I see my stepdad walking down the hallway with, with a three-liter Sprite plastic bottle with some shit inside of it. I go, what is that? That's I went and I looked. At, he had Took my found my weed, took it, and he put it in uh in alcohol in, in the plastic bottle. So my said that was doing CBD before CBD was a thing.
0: Oh, it was like homemade CBD. Yeah,
1: he put it, he soaked our weed in rubbing alcohol. He's going to rub it on his joints to relieve pain. Anyway, So I find that me and my brother um, emptied out the alcohol, microwaved the weed to try to dry it out. Ew. It was still wet, so we put it on top of the roof uh, in, the, in the back uh, room. We just we tried to smoke it. It was horrible. It was a half a quarter pound. I don't. I'm not good with measurements. What's a half of a quarter pound? An eighth of a pound. There you go. An eighth of a pound ruined.
0: I feel like you kind of deserved that though.
1: We yeah, I deserved a lot of things from that.
0: Which uh, it's it's actually interesting that uh, you you weren't caught very often. You said other than one time, right?
1: Yeah, I was, I was caught and charged only one time.
0: Well. It- Typically, like for every 100,000 burglaries, there's only about 55 arrests. So it's really not surprising that you weren't caught. It's a really hard crime to investigate and then to actually make an arrest on.
1: Yeah. Especially if I'm not saying I was a master burglar, but I was very uh, observant and I was well on my way to becoming good at this because the one time I did get caught was again. When I broke my two rules, and which were the same two rules that I broke in the previous one.
0: So you didn't learn anything. Ah,
1: I did. It's just... All right, so the, uh, this one.
0: Well, hold that thought because we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll hear more about burglary.
1: Hey there, friends and
0: pals. If you want to catch more of The Counselor and the Con, sign up at thecounselorandthecon.com. And look us up at the Border Geek Podcast Network on Facebook. This is God! And we're back. We've been hearing stories about burglary from our former con, Iggy Samaniego. And earlier in our podcast, I started to mention a few things about the history of burglary. It's actually kind of interesting because burglary has been around for a really long time. I mean, I referenced the 1500s, but really, if you look back, uh, there's ancient references to breaking into a house as well. Things like the Old Testament mention it. But the term burglary itself was created by the Saxons in about the 1450s. You
1: know, they say the uh, the oldest profession is prostitution was the oldest profession.
0: Either that or lawyers. And uh, you can fill in your joke here.
1: (laughs) I I think it was burglary because as soon as people started having or gathering shit, someone wanted to steal it. Someone didn't have what you had and I needed it or I wanted it. I, I, I can make a case for that, but that'll be another episode.
0: Right. I still have questions about how you needed a VCR, but we're good on that for now. Uh, so, as I was mentioning before, by necessity, in order to commit the crime of burglary, you had to be breaking into someone's house, like where they actually lived. So, if you were breaking into a business or even like a shed or an outbuilding, it wouldn't necessarily be burglary. Uh, it also had to be at night, so you couldn't have a daytime burglary. Although today, that's certainly a, a possible criminal charge.
1: Not just a possible criminal charge. When most of them happen is during the day. When you're at work, when you're at school, that's when people strike. Burglars strike.
0: People, people strike. Why?
1: Well, because I know you're not there, and there's some cats. Like I said, uh, my homie Casper from before, smash and grab. He doesn't give a shit who's there. But most burglars don't want an interaction they don't want to see you they don't want to come in contact with no one and I, if i know that you work a nine to five i'm going in from between nine to three just give me that two hour buffer in case they let you out early that day
0: It's funny that you should mention smash and grab because another part of like the historical definition of burglary was this idea of breaking and entering. They were kind of two separate parts of the crime. Breaking had to be something like actual, like forcing open a door. Um, But it could also be like threatening someone until you let them in. Like think about the big bad wolf, little pig, little pig, let me in. That type can still be considered breaking. But if you are allowed in like a vampire then it would not be considered breaking and entering. The other part of that was the entering, and that's the physical entry into the property. So if you didn't actually enter the property, like it wouldn't constitute what we call common law burglary. Meaning, the the definition of burglary before it was a statute.
1: And whether was, was was this like before uh, misdemeanor and felony? Like was there a
0: the law made they some differentiate. The law made some distinction as far as how you would be punished, but the terms uh, for misdemeanor and felony really didn't come along until later.
1: But, but, but like, do if you do that, it's not that bad, but we'll still cut your hand off, or
0: well, and actually, it's interesting because this uh, there is there are degrees of burglary and and what they are differs from state to state but it used to be that first degree burglary was that traditional definition I was talking about where it happens at night and you break into someone's house but they did have a second degree burglary where you break in during the day and there's no one home and that's kind of what you've been talking about as well
1: yeah that's most of most of my stories were pretty much that scenario this one, this one was like that too and um, I guess this will be my last story f- for this episode on burglary but um, it was another time where I broke two of my uh, uh, cardinal rules of, of of doing this dumb shit but uh, I, I double dipped and I didn't case out the joints
0: so at the very beginning of our episode we talked about the casing being the guy knocking on the front door to see if anyone is home and then like wandering around the property but you're saying you didn't do that this time why not
1: well because we he was not a homie this is a different difference between homie and friend this guy was a friend he was not a homie
0: so okay wait i just want to recap the stories briefly here number one steal from a blind guy and his dog number two be the Grinch and steal Christmas presents as well as weed. And now number three, we steal from our friends who are not quite homies.
1: Yeah, like I told you I was a former piece of shit. I should have said that former burglar and piece of shit. It's opportunist, yeah. And you know, we we probably got the loot, the 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 whatever we take over. It was probably just enough to buy a couple of quarts of beer and some weed.
0: So what was the what was the opportunity that presented itself this time?
1: Well, this, what happened this time was my my other homie chino um i got in home and he was already there and he had um he had a quart of beer and we're pretty much poor teenage kids i go where'd you get that he goes why well, broke into this dude's house and fenced the the stuff and now i got beer you want to go back again at which point i should have said uh no thanks let's just keep drinking but he convinced me to go back he goes, there's still other shit in there so i got greeted i wanted more party
0: Plus, we always make such good decisions when alcohol's involved,
1: especially when you're a teenager. So, and he convinced me to go back, and he did say like, "Oh, I rescoped it out; they're not there." So we, we did. We he convinced me. We went back, and we're talking about the, the noticing human pattern or whatever. This was a guy that we knew; he was a friend. But if you have kids, especially teenagers, and they have friends, you know, you have a side door that you don't lock. That your friends, your kids' friends, know you don't lock. That was the case in in this burglary. We knew they didn't lock the side door. We knew they weren't there because they told us we were going on a mini vacation, whatever. So anyway, so we, wo- we go. Didn't have to break a, a window, no alarms. We just knew how to get in.
0: So now we're going to have all of our listeners suspecting their kids' friends of devious motives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should. You might be right 50% of the time. But so now we're in, and uh, uh, my homie Chino, let me preface this by saying my homie Chino was not... Uh, the s- most sane dude. He was kind of crazy. He was kind of crazy. But the funny part of this story was that we, we go in to this house and there's they have a, a pet parrot on a stand.
0: Again with the stealing from animals. There's always
1: <laughs> animals on this. I got another one about a cat. I'll tell you in another episode. But there's a parrot on this stand. And uh, as we're going in, it's already starting to get dark. My homie Chino had gone in early in the morning. We're going uh, around 6 p.m. Whatever. It's getting dark. Anyway, so my homie Chino uh, accidentally hits the stand with his with his elbow, and the parrot starts ch- chasing him around. <laughs> I know parrots don't fly, but they glide. So the, this parrot chases him from one room to another room, and then it lands on the floor. And they had wood flooring, so here is a clanking of the the talons. On the, he's chasing my homie, a cholo with a tattoo on his neck, running go, yo, dude, it's just a parrot, just. Move it. We locked the period up in a closet, and we're taking at this point. He had already taken everything of value, the VCR, which doesn't mean shit now. But and at this point, we're just getting hoodies and jerseys and just dumb shit, just to be greedy. And as he's doing that, I go. My internal clock goes. We should be taking off right about now. As I, as I'm thinking that, this house, my friend's house, had a very huge front window.
0: So why did? Why did that indicate that you needed to get out?
1: No, it didn't. The thing is that I'm keeping one eye on my greedy friend that doesn't want to leave. And I'm keeping one eye just to see if I see uh, the the car pull up. But I didn't see the car pull up. All I saw was, and one of those where I told him, hey man, we should take off already. I look and the, we know the people. So my friend's older brother is now looking at me. When I turned back around and hit the corner with my face, he's looking right at me. And I see the door. Jiggle like shit. So I motioned to my homie Chino. Like the uh, international sign for that sitness, row the through the throat, like
0: the, the throat sh- slash.
1: Yeah, he knew what time it was. Like, hey man, we gotta that's it. They're there.
0: So how did you get out?
1: He dropped everything he had, so did I, and as we're the the we're going through the back, through the back door. So we gotta go left and then another left. But the brother looking at us through the window in the front saw that we're going through the back. So he starts running around the house to the back, and this guy's older and faster and stronger than us. So it's like, "Shit, you better run." We have to run through the kitchen, through the long ass backyard.
0: So did he catch you or not?
1: This is a kicker. He, we both, Chino and I, both ran at the same time. We're right next to each other. We get to this uh, rock wall about six feet high. I don't know how, I, how I Jackie Chan this wall, but. I cleared that one six foot wall with just touching it one time with my foot. I went over it, but when I went over the my friend's brother, the older brother, the one that I saw us, grabbed me by my jacket. When I told you I cleared this rock wall, I cleared it one one leap, but I was also gonna okay, biff it on so, the other side.
0: So expert in acrobatics as well as burglary, yeah, we get it. <laughs> no, no,
1: an expert would have landed on their feet. I was about to belly flop on the alley behind their house. Ouch. Yeah, and this guy grabs it from the jacket and like, oh shit. Uh, I-, I wiggled out of it. Chino had cleared it. I took the the attention off of Chino by d- d- grabbing my jacket. But we're, we're running down the alley. It's about three houses in from the street. So we're both running down the alley and I told Chino, go right, go right. Because to the right was uh, this kind of safe house we had, stash house. So left was where we lived. I go right, Chino goes left. He got caught the same night. He went home and They already knew who we were. They were waiting for him.
0: And this is the value of communication, even among burglars.
1: I told him, I I wasn't even a comedian at the time, but I told him, no, you're other right. (laughs) (laughs) You're other right, idiots. I think that he was just lazy because he goes, well, home is because with the safe house, stash house, whatever that we had was about two miles from home to the right. When Chino went left, our where we lived, we were neighbors. Where we lived was about four blocks. So he probably just got lazy, but I'm going home. So Chino got caught. Did you get caught? We both did. Chino got caught the same night, and I got caught two weeks later. I was on the run for two weeks from that one.
0: Did the brother recognize you?
1: Oh, yeah, he did. And we saw him in court, and I saw him in a couple other places. Because again, if if he was about 10, 15 years older than us, so he was a grown up, an adult, a Big scary dude. Oh, he, we saw him in court, and and uh, I I actually saw the victim too. The dude that was our friend, I ran into him at a bar twenty years later. It was not. It did not end well.
0: Oh, he didn't just like buy you a beer and say, "How's it been?"
1: No, I saw him, and I go, I, I tried to apologize to him because at this point, I was already, I had already stopped doing what I was doing, and I I felt bad. He was here is a dude that was supposed to be our friend, and we did this shit to him. So I told him, "Hey man, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that that we broke into your house. That was not cool." And he said, who are you? He knew who I was. I still look the same. I look the same as I did when I was 15. And then I I, I said, man, I, I shouldn't say my nickname, but i ah, forget. I say, it, it's Sharky, man. And I'm sorry that I broke into your house when well, we did. He was mad. He knew who I was. He knew what I was talking about. He tried to play it off. He goes, so what, what do you want to do about it? Like, basically, he challenged me, like, what i i got over it you just you stabbed that shit in your head
0: yeah so to, to backtrack for just one minute though because i think probably what all of our listeners want to know is was the parrot okay the parrot
1: <laughs> yes he traumatized chino but other than that,
0: well okay at least there's a silver lining there that's our show for today i know i've learned a thing or two about burglary
1: and i've learned a thing or two about the law so please remember to keep away from the silver bracelets
0: and we'll see you next crime I am still a lawyer, so of course I have to give a small disclaimer. Uh, I am a practicing attorney, but I am not your attorney. This show is not intended to give you legal advice, and it's not intended to be attorney advertising of any kind. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to The Counselor and the Con on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're using. Source information from today's show is in our show notes. You can also follow us on Facebook at Counselor and Con, on Instagram at The Counselor and the Con.
1: And this will be the only time that I encourage uh, people to do creepy shit. Follow us, follow us on social media, DM us, tell your friends about us, just help us spread the word. Also, if you have a crime story that would you would like for us to uh, showcase on the show, send us what we call a kite to cam. You could either email us at uh, counselorandcon at gmail.com or like I said, DM us. You could also visit the website at counselorandcon.com.
0: Counselorandcon.com. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit of a tongue twister.
1: No, it's just brain damage, girl.
0: <laughs> this has been a production of Dangerous Minds, LLC. Thanks to our technical producer and fellow homie, Nico Ajimian. We are distributed by Border Geeks Podcast Network with executive producer, Jib Sod.